Hello, beautiful people. It's your girl, Kay. What it do? What you saying? How you feeling? I am feeling happy because it's another day. Oh, listen, another great episode of Black Therapy Uncensored. First, let's give a shout out, shout out, shout it out. Round of applause for the mental health workers. <laughs> you know, therapists, social workers, counselors, advocates, mentors, youth workers. I don't know if they count, but we are going to include them psychiatrists, psychologists, and many more in this field, we, and I say we because you know I'm a licensed mental health counselor, I'm a licensed therapist, we are saving lives out here, y'all. We may not exactly be on the front lines, although some may be dependent where they work, but we are here talking people off the ledge and out of jail. That one may go over some people's heads. One session at a time. Listen, this is a difficult time for everyone. There's days when even I myself am just not feeling the vibe. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I'm lethargic. I just moody and sad and just like, why? But then on the other end, I'm a little thankful that I'm not sick, knock on wood, and the people around me are well. and. I, 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 I'm coming out of this pretty okay. And I, I'm being blessed. And so every damn body is affected by this, this virus. So it's inevitable that our mental and emotional health will suffer. And it's weak. Who the hell knows? 10 I've been out of work for 10 weeks, home for 10 weeks, I should say majority of the time for 10 weeks. And I am over it, over it. I won't get into it, but when I say over it, I mean close to one bird flew over the cuckoo's nest, over it. So shout out the mental health crew. We saving lives and it often goes unnoticed because it's behind the scenes and people don't consider us essential or even necessary at times. I'm feeling really unappreciated, taking my skills for granted, baby. And I don't know how much more I can take of this. If you know the song, sing along. I'm feeling really unappreciated. Taking my skills for granted, baby. And I don't know how much more I can take of this. (laughs) Okay, now back to your regular BTU schedule programming. All right, so coming off the heels of the shout out. Great news, people. Black Therapy Uncensored has reached 200 plus downloads. Again, that is thanks to you people. So round of applause. Yay! We did it! Case on fire! I love Black Therapy Uncensored. Like, oh my gosh. It's like the coolest thing in the whole wide world. Listening to it, like, gives me my life and, like, everything. Alrighty? And so this win comes after last week's episode, Prescription for Anxiety. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So please continue to subscribe, download, listen, and share. It is greatly appreciated and it is free 99. May cost you some time, but it's free 99 on the dime. 
What I'm saying is support costs you nada. It costs nothing to hit play. It really costs you nothing. Subscribing costs you nothing. I'm not even asking you for donations. Some other podcasts may ask you for donations. I may come to a point, but even with the donation, you're not obligated to pay to listen. So support costs you nada, but your time, and we all have time. Hey, even I listen to the podcast. Not because it's my podcast, because I think it's really great content, and ain't nothing out there like my podcast with this content sounding like how I sound delivering to the people I'm delivering to. And I practice what I preach. So there you go. Also, and before I forget, police... Please, baby, please, please drop a review. A few words goes a long way. I don't need a whole monologue on how you know me and how my words saved your life. A sentence is all I need. That's really all I need. Like I said, a few words goes a long way. And it ensures Black Therapy Uncensored continues to provide you the same quality content that you enjoy and love. And listen, I do read the reviews. So I do keep in mind what you tell me. And so I've been getting a lot of great feedback. So thank you to those who have been, you know, giving me positive, excellent feedback. And letting me know, like, keep it going. And so we are going to keep it going. Now, on to today's topic of discussion. So I was going to name it Prescription to Depression. But I figured that was so sad. And an obvious topic of discussion since we discussed anxiety last week. I didn't want to dig all the way in the DSM-5 and be talking about depression in that way. Listen, this is a mental health podcast. But it also is an uncensored, unfiltered version of mental health, giving it to you real and and raw and uncut and unfiltered. So all that, you know, scientific stuff, if that's the angle I was going for and, and no, you know, just to podcasts that do that, that's not the angle I'm going for. There's going to be moments where I am going to really hit you with that knowledge. And there's going to be some knowledgeable stuff in this podcast today. I just didn't want to name it, you know, prescription to depression, because really, that sounds really morbid to me. The, the way it was in my head sounded just really morbid. Um, so like I said, for one, this podcast isn't strictly for mental health professionals. It's for people like you who may not be all that familiar with mental health, looking for a better understanding of the topics surrounding it. So the tagline is prescription to positivity. And I feel it's all about a mindset and I get chemical imbalance and blah, 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 blah. Come on. I did research for many years, so I get it. I know how mental illness works. I know how it plays on the brain and the brain controls everything and it controls your emotions and how you feel and your personality. And it all starts there. I just really want people to focus on the positive and it goes beyond depression. Some people know their triggers and others not so much. So I figure along with explaining depression, I would explain how you can lead a mostly positive life with a negative feeling. And I know that sounds like oxymoron. It's like, hey, okay, how am I going to live a mostly positive life with a mostly negative feeling? It is possible to have days where you feel sad, but you can still function. Even if you have the depression, I still want you to have be function, being a functional member of society. 
I don't want you to be sitting down, wallowing, laying down, wallowing in your your sorrows. Alrighty, I don't want you lashing out at the whole world. I don't, you know, I want you to be a functioning member of society. So yes, we are focusing on depression, but we are going to be positive. Depression gets a bad rep and it's understood. What people don't know is there is more to depression than sadness. And even I, in my clinical work, had to learn this. Listen, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't claim to know it all when it comes to mental health. What I can say is I'm a person that likes to learn and grow so that I can develop my craft even more to give better services to my clients. So when I understood that depression went beyond sadness, I was able to treat people way better than if I had just focused on that sadness. Because depression literally isn't just that sadness. And people think that's what it is. If you don't know and you don't understand and you're not studying it or you've not experienced it, everyone thinks, oh, you're just sad. Okay, well, I mean, you could be sad. If I said you were sad, would I also say you're depressed? No. There are other symptoms we don't talk about, we don't know about, and that is what Black Therapy Uncensored is discussing today. The others. <laughs> so let's get comfy. Get your cup of tea to sip. And let the session commence. All right. So you know the drill first. You must what? Listen. Then learn. A two-for-one type deal, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so depression, I'm going to hit you with the definition now. Depression, by definition, is a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in life. Let me break it down so you understand what I'm saying. I'm a repeat. Bring it back. Run it back. Run it back. Depression, by definition, is a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in life. Now, even I was looking at that like, huh? Depression is overwhelming, decrease in mood or loss of interest in those things that bring you joy. Joy like your favorite song on a summer day, ice cream, chocolate, flowers, dancing in the rain, Game of Thrones, love and hip hop, all locations, exercising, spending time with family and friends, attending work self-care, self-love, and so on and so forth. It causes significant impairment. The key word here is impairment. So it's not just a regular old, I feel sad today, because a regular old, I feel sad today is not really causing us that much impairment. And impairment means it's, you know, stopping you from functioning in society or doing your daily functioning engaging in those daily tasks that you do day in and day out. 
See, there is sadness, but with depression comes a whole plethora of emotions that range from sadness to anger to irritability. And I bet y'all didn't know that. A lot of depressed people are angry. A lot of them are irritable. But all we focus on is the whole sad part. And not everybody's experienced anger and irritability. Some people are just sad. And not everyone is just sad. Some people are just angry. And not everyone's just angry. They're irritable. There's a whole bunch of symptoms that go along with it. But we'll get into it. And it's not, again, it's not just about being sad, but having consistent moments of feeling down that stop you from enjoying everyday activities like walking outside or a game night with friends. It's a lot. It's debilitating. It's team too much. So listen, I get it. If you have depression, I totally understand. Listen, let me tell you something. When I was writing up my little script for this, I was like, what am I going to tell the people about depression? Okay, what you going to tell the people about depression? How are they going to understand what you're talking about? And then a little voice in my head, and no, I don't hear voices in that sense of, Kate's losing her mind. A little voice said, you got to share with the people. You have to share with the people. And when you share with them, they will understand. Okay, so the year was, so here it goes. I'm going to share with y'all. The year was 2015, and I was in a place of I freaking hate life and everyone in it, literally. I might not have voiced that to other people, but I'm pretty sure my actions, my behaviors show that. And have you ever felt that way? Are you currently experiencing this thought and the feelings associated with you? And listen. It's a pause moment. If you're in the middle of something, pause what you're doing and come back to focus. It was bad. And it started in 2014, but it was full blown by 2015. And even though I'm a therapist, I thought I could pray it away. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Okay, I do. I love him. But we know faith without works means nothing. So you could pray all you want, but you, if you're not working on fixing it, then it's not going to work. Okay? I thought I could ignore it, but it kept growing and growing and growing. Who knows? Maybe it started before 2014. What a lot of people do not know, and this is the first time I'm really sharing this, is I struggle with the major changes in in my life, in my life, and with each of them was some trauma. Trauma, okay, trauma is a discussion for another time. We're not going to do that in a podcast today because we'll be here for another three hours talking about trauma, okay? One of the major changes I went through first and foremost was marriage. I love my husband. I'm going to put that out there. For y'all run and tell that. I was 23, and let me tell you, I was ready, but I wasn't ready. I was ready for that title, but I wasn't ready for all the changes that come along with being married. I did not understand the magnitude of marriage. And I'm and I was basing it off my parents who are still married to this day. And I'm just like, okay, so let me do the same. Holy moly! Not the 
same, Kay. Absolutely not the same. Then we are living together at my parents in the room I grew up in. And to help with that transition, bought new furniture. But still, it was a lot. Then we got our own place. And we are similar, but we have two different ways of seeing the same thing. So if you know me, you know my husband. We're, we're like the same person, but we're not the same person. And so if you talk to us separately, you'd be like, yo, that sounds like something Kay said. That sounds sound like something he said. But we are, we're different people. And if you're with somebody, you know that, right? You have similarities and then you have differences. And so because of that, we often bumped heads. You know, they say familiarity breeds contempt. Like every damn day, every day, every day, every day. That ate away at me so much. But I'm the type to meet a person where they at. So if you on the BS, I'm on that BS as well. I match energies and vibes. Don't play me. But the biggest change for me was motherhood. So I mentioned over that hurdle of marriage and all that comes along with it. Motherhood was was like the kick in the ass. Okay. And I'm telling you this story to show you how depression works and how it manifests differently in everyone. I wanted kids. I was physically ready from the time I got pregnant. But my emotional state was shot to hell. And no one tells you about that when you get pregnant. Everyone tells you about the physical changes. No one tells you that your your ass is going to cry for no damn reason. You're going to be upset over food. I, I, don't, I cried over food so many damn times that my brother swore me off. Okay? I don't know who else cried over food. If you did raise your hand, you're probably laughing. But like, yo, I understand. If not, like, listen. I was crying over that. I spent the first three to four months crying over everything. I was angry and super duper aggressive. I was upset. I am knocked up. Mind you, this is something I wanted. And everyone can enjoy life. I felt alone. And that loneliness sparked a spiral downfall for me. No one understood what I was experiencing. And honestly, no one really cared. I'll be okay. You're having a baby. It is normal to feel emotional. I didn't feel right. So let me pause. I was never diagnosed with depression. I was experiencing overwhelmed sadness during and after pregnancy. But I was never diagnosed with actual depression. I emotionally couldn't handle the change. And honestly, I was legit the only one having a baby at the time. Now everyone and their sister having kids and it's all fun times. But when I was pregnant, I was out there by myself. Oh, by myself. Don't want to be by myself. Okay. People were still going out on the weekends and having fun. No one was checking for me. So I became angry. And I could say that to this day because for a long time, I never told people how angry I was when I was pregnant. I was angry. Anger and irritability are signs of depression no one talks about. I was pissed the hell off, I tell you. I can't expect people to change up their life for me. I'm pregnant, not them. Now fast forward. I dropped this baby. But now I'm a mom and I got to take care of this baby. So there is no going out, hanging out when I want to, 
being me. Like now I'm wrapped up in a kid and you know, I'm going to say this and maybe other people can relate to this. This is why I do the podcasting thing because my story helps somebody else. It took me three weeks to connect with my baby. I had a total disconnect for three weeks. You know, when I finally connected with him, when we had to go to the hospital and he was having like issues, um, he was having a milk protein allergy. And I thought then I was going to lose my child. But even with the bonding of breastfeeding for three weeks, and I did it for 10 months, I there was there was no connection with me and my baby. And so, you know, even the first time I can share this, we went to the doctor and I'm boohooing because my mom's with me, my husband's with me, and I can't decide who I want to come in the doctor's room with me. I want my mom there because she's a nurse and she knows what questions to answer. And I knew I wasn't in the right state of mind, but I also don't want my husband to feel left out. And so I was between two minds and like my mama didn't get it. Because, you know, it's that whole thing. It's just like, you'll be all right. You're not the first. You're not the last to have a baby. She wasn't being insensitive. It was just like, yo, get it together. Like, this is your reality now. And it was like a shock for me. Like, I really, really, really struggle. I had a, I have a baby to tend to. So that in itself caused so much anger in me. Like, I still did the mom thing. I had no choice. But I had no choice because, I mean, I can't send the baby back. But let me tell you, I hated everyone. I did. And I was having emotional outbursts like you wouldn't believe. And I cried over a lot of stuff that now when I think about it, wasn't worth the tears. But at the moment, it was worth it. Like, I cried over everything. I really felt alone in those first two years with Noah. No one knows. I struggled a lot emotionally. And I look back on videos of him and really don't remember some of those moments. Like, I don't. Like, about a month ago, I was looking back on some videos with him And I really don't remember like certain things he said or how cute his little voice was. Like he spoke with a little lisp and I was just, I was annoyed even by my own kid. And like that is, again, like I tell you, anger and irritability are the signs of depression no one really talks about. Like no one's speaking about that. Like you do, like everything, the sun shining pisses you off. Like people just don't understand. And, you know, again, My symptoms stopped me from enjoying motherhood to the fullest at that moment in time. Now, I love my son, and I remember a lot of moments with him, and I, I'm very intentional about that energy I, I, I put out there. So in 2015, I will not get into that story, so there's more to this story, because that's another topic. I had a major emotional breakdown that shook me to my core. Like, literally, there's about two people who know the story. Three. Um. And it took a year to get back to normal. Baby steps. It was baby steps. But I'm back and I'm better. I'm back and I'm better. Don't. Alrighty. If you know the song, sing along. I still have moments where I feel alone, but those are far and few in between. And I'm okay in the loneliness now if it makes sense. I still have moments where I feel alone, but I'm I'm like chill. Like I'm good. I'm good. I really am. I'm I'm not saying I'm fine because I'm not fine. Like, I really am good. And I'm less angry and irritable. Yes, I do have moments where I'm just like, but I really try to be like zen as all as ever. And don't get it. And I find the good in every situation. 
I literally do. Like I'm looking through a different lens because for a long time I was very negative. And so I would see the negative in everybody. And I'd be like, yeah, that person ain't ish. Nah, he's full of trash. She is. She thinks she so hot. Like I would really have a whole negative monologue going on in my head. But don't get it twisted. I love the Lord. I'm zen as ever. But you can still catch these hands on a good day. Okay? All right? So there's, more again, more to the story. But that part applies to today's lesson, kids. Hey, listen. The only way for me to explain how depression looks is to tell my story. Black Therapy Uncensored, we are telling stories. You are, it's going to get personal up in here. So my story is going to help you cope a little bit better. And I had to tell you that story to one point out the not so obvious symptoms of depression and that it happens over time. It's not a bam, I'm depressed, but little, but little things stir the pot of negativity and eat away at your esteem. So depression is that parasite that takes over your body and stops you from enjoying the good life. And then over time, it builds and builds and builds, and then you can't control it because it takes over, and you are feeling down and out, and nothing seems to matter. You are in a hole, a rut. You are drowning in your sorrow. The sun no longer shines. It's gloomy and dark. Every and anything annoys you. You are easily frustrated, easily angered. You are aggressive toward those that care. You ignore the positive. You can't see it at all. You got your blinders on. This is all you know. You are depressed and this is all you know how to be. So here is the apply part. Get out your pen and paper. No section in the iPhone, iPad, your Android phone, journal, notebook, whatever. I could go. You want to chisel it on a rock? Go ahead and do that. Before you can reduce what you are experiencing, you have to understand what is happening with you. And that's with any mental illness you're going on. You have to recognize that there's something going on with me that is outside of my normal behavior, my normal emotions, reactions to situations. So we're going to identify the signs and symptoms of depression. This is the application part of Black Therapy Uncensored. So according to the Mayo Clinic, that is my resource for today's episode, depression can be feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness, angry outbursts, irritability or frustration even over small matters, loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities such as sex, hobbies, or sports. Sleep disturbances, including insomnia or sleeping too much. Tiredness and lack of energy. So even small tasks take extra effort. Like just waking up for some people is tiring. Showering for some people is tiring, so then they don't do it. Nourishing their body is tiring for them, so they they stop eating. Okay, reduce this, which leads me now to reduce appetite and weight loss or increase cravings for food and weight gain, anxiety, agitation, or restlessness. Anxiety and depression can go hand in hand. They can be comorbid at times, which means they occur at, they can occur at the same time. So some people that have depression also suffer from anxiety and vice versa. 
slow thinking, speaking or body movements, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, fixating on past failures or self-blame, trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions and remembering things, frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts or suicide, unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. And I'm going to get a little scientific for the moment, so bear with me. There's biological differences when it comes to depression. People with depression appear to have physical changes in their brains. Their brains look different. And it's uncertain. There's still research going on on this. But it may pinpoint the causes of depression. Again, like I said, it starts in your brain. The brain chemistry. So we, if you've learned in school, neurotransmitters are the natural brain chemicals and they may play a role in depression, right? And so the function and effect of these neurotransmitters and how they interact with the neural circuits involved in maintaining mood stability play a significant role in depression and its treatment. So some people, if... Part of their treatment may include having some tests run on their brain and checking out their brain activity. And that's that's how it goes. It has like again, it starts in your brain. Your brain controls your mood, your personality, um, your feelings, emotions, vision, hearing, all of that. So if something's not going right in your brain and the messages are not getting through from one brain cell to the next then issues can arise. And one of those can be, as as I'm stating to you, is depression. Now, hormones, okay? Lovely thing called hormones. Women, you we know about these all too well. Moms, we know about this all too well. Postmenopause, people in menopause know about this all too well. Women in general, any stage we're at, we know about hormones all too well, okay? So, Changes in the body's balance of hormones may be involved in causing or triggering depression. So when we talk about women, that's why I mentioned my story about motherhood kicking my tail. And so maybe, you know, some people do struggle with postpartum depression. I think I had the baby blues, which is totally different than postpartum depression because baby blues is a little bit more um, acute. Okay. And it's not as long as postpartum depression. It's normal that after a baby, you may not feel so good. I mean, you went through a whole change. First, you were this big and now you're not that big. And there's a baby eating off of you. And there's a whole lot of life changes going on. And so the hormone changes can result with pregnancy and during the weeks or months after delivery. Again, like I said, postpartum and thyroid problems, menopause, a number of other conditions. Listen, women, we just, we going through the ringer. We go through the ringer as women, and we just have to be mindful of them. Hormones control a lot, and they control our mood as well. And so when those hormones are, in, when there's a chemical imbalance with those hormones, then it can create depression. And depression is inherited, so it's genetic. And it's common in those people whose blood relatives have this condition. So again, researchers are still trying to find the genes that are involved in causing depression, but it is um, genetic. All right, so 
Like my little disclaimer now, just like last episode, please do not use the mentioned list of symptoms to self-diagnose. If you are experiencing any of these symptoms on a regular basis, I highly recommend seeing someone called like a counselor or like a therapist for further assessment. So even your general physician can assess your symptoms and provide you with a referral for further services. Do not, and I repeat, do not use this podcast as a replacement for receiving the proper care you need. Even after this episode, you can contact me for further information. I'm a licensed therapist and I, Kay Henry, can help you live a more positive lifestyle. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. I really want to meet you. All right, pero, okay, how can I apply this to my life? All right, aha, here we go. The application part of programming. All right, so first and foremost, recognize the signs. Once you recognize the signs, you realize I'm not feeling so normal. Call your doctor or a mental health professional. Your doctor can assess you and give you a referral to a mental health professional, or you can just, you know, Call up your insurance company or go on psychologytoday.com and look up local therapists and place a call. And that is one of the first steps. If you are having thoughts of suicide, again, talk to your doctor. But we also have the suicide hotline number. And so in the U.S., you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, okay, at 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. And that's 1-800-273-8255. And use that same number and press 1 to reach the Veterans Crisis Line if you are a veteran and you need uh, mental health services. Reach out to a close friend or loved one. But remember, they are not your therapist. They too have their own problems and there's only so much they can filter in and take. You will need to speak to a professional. Contact a minister, spiritual leader, or someone else in your faith community. Be mindful of the people who you share your struggles with. They may say they're praying for you, but they pray against you. So be mindful who you're sharing that with. And be mindful of the person who keeps telling you, oh, just just pray, just pray, just keep praying. Yes, but faith without works means nothing. And I always put that in there. I strongly believe in prayer, but I also believe that after you pray, you have to work towards what you prayed for. You have to put in the effort. And when you put in the effort, God shows up and shows out. Now, people may want to dispute me on that, but it is what it is. And I cannot stress enough the importance, again, of reaching out to someone. Like anybody, like all the things that I just listed, you are not alone. You are not your disorder. Listen to me and listen to me well. You listening? Are you truly listening? You may have signs of a mental health disorder, but you are not that. You are not your illness. You may be sad, depressed, but you are not your illness. Do not be defined by your illness. And I say your illness because it's yours. Own it. 
It is unique to you. Those symptoms are yours and yours alone. Not everyone feels sadness. Some are just downright angry and upset most of the days. And apply this. This is not a cure, but it sure helps. Be positive. But Kay, what is there to be positive about? Now, I could be cliche, but like the sun is shining. You got, you got breath in your lungs. You woke up today, but that's not enough for some people who are depressed. And so I don't recommend that to people who are depressed. It's not as simple as that. In my early days, when I didn't know as much as I know now, I would say something like that. There is no simple solution to curing depression, but I honestly believe it starts with your mindset. And I read all that stuff about the brain, so it has to start up there. It starts with your mindset. Again, chemical imbalance is real and medication can help with that. Do not be defined by your illness. There are some people who are depressed and on medication, and there are plenty of people that are depressed and not on medication. It depends on what's going on with you. That's why I say own your symptoms. They are unique to you because not everyone has the same program of treatment. Do not be defined by your illness. Instead of saying, I'm depressed, say I have depression and that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. No one says you got to be okay. And sometimes change in the word and helps to cope with the illness. What we tell ourselves affects how we behave and function on a daily basis. Your therapist is not your cure-all. So he or she can provide you with tools and tips to start the process of reducing your depressive symptoms, but you have to do the work. Your therapist is not home when you are feeling down and can't get out of bed. You have to try and get up. You have to use the tools and techniques that they recommend and a and use what works for you. They could give you 10 tips and techniques and only one of them works. But through trial and error, you got to figure that out. But it's not until you try will you know which one of those 10 works for you. And self-care is a big thing. And it's going to be a repeated theme in this podcast. So let's put it into practice right now. As we're getting ready to... And then close this out. Try this. I want you to hug yourself. That's right. Hug yourself. Wrap your arms around you and hug yourself. Feel the warmth. You feel that? That's life in you. How does it feel? 10, 20, 30, 60 seconds. Now tell yourself something nice about you. You deserve it. Say it out loud. Say it proud. Don't say I'm black and I'm proud. It's really not a cure for depression, but it sure feels good. Hugging someone feels good. You ever felt sad that someone gave you a hug, just a touch, and you felt just a little bit better? We need that human connection. You're not alone. Stop putting yourself on the island by yourself. Invite some people. And depression is curable, but it starts with you. You have the power to heal you. That's it. That's the mantra. I'm having a Captain Planet moment. And for all you youngins who don't know, Google it. The power is yours. (laughs) I am Kay Henry. 
This is Black Therapy Uncensored, your prescription to positivity with a splash of motivation, no chaser, a splash, splish, a motivation, no chaser. Session has now ended. Please mind the gap. Mm.